Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Well, our incredible female beat writers slash basketball reporters continues. Last week, it was Sabrina. Today, Miriam Swanson of the Orange County Register joins me on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. First time for Miriam. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I've got a tough, tough act to follow on Sabrina. For yeah, sure. she knows her stuff. She does for sure. And it was great talking to her yesterday about the or rather last week about the bubble um, we're going to do the same here. We're going to talk more about the bubble, but we finally have some news as, as the Clippers are in Orlando. So finally, finally, most of them anyway. Yeah, most of them. We're still waiting. I think Kawhi was supposed to come in. Was it last night that he's supposed to come in or today? Uh, according to Doc, he was on his way last night. Okay, cool. So we're assuming that he's probably there uh, now as the Clippers met with the media for the first time yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Because it's very different, obviously, um, in the situation they're in now. This is not what they were intending to do when they had this 7-1 in the final eight games before they shut down, and now they got to regroup and get things together. What was your biggest takeaway from yesterday? Um, I guess my biggest takeaway is just that they, the mantra they have is that they're on this deployment, on this mission, um, you know, with the with the job to do, and they're taking it very seriously in that regard, um, and that this still very much matters to them, and they they they're here, and they're going to be here. They really want to win that title. Um, I mean, which is on one hand probably not that different for most teams that are participating or that you know that have championship aspirations, um, but on the other hand, it, they are putting pressure on themselves. I think that this um, they're not giving themselves an excuse where, you know, if it doesn't work out and we don't win this year, you know, despite all of our, you know, building and planning and playing before this, um, that, that, that it's okay. They, they, they're there and they, they really are serious about winning the thing. So here's one thing that continues to pop up, obviously, is this whole they're ready, they're set, they're good to go, they're ready to win the weight. And that's the only thing we're hearing really is the win the weight from just the Clippers right now. I mean, obviously every single team wants to quote unquote win the weight. Why is it different? Do you think for the Clippers? I think that's just kind of like the way that from Balmer to doc, I think that's sort of been, okay, guys, we're in this hiatus. We don't know how long it's going to take. We're going to, you know, hook you up with all the equipment we could possibly hook you up with. Um, And we're going to be talking to you multiple times a week you guys are going to be talking to each other every day um and you know they're just a competitive bunch in that way um you know and it's interesting like the obviously like lebron james is a little bit competitive too and the lakers are competitive and and definitely won very badly to win a championship and maybe this year you know as many as much as any year if not more Mm -hmm. um 
because it would be so meaningful. But I don't think that they had sort of the regimented break that the Clippers did. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it plays out, if that helps, you know, when they actually start playing and, um, you know, putting the ball on, on the floor. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They have taken it very seriously, and I think that's a reflection of Balmer's competitiveness and Doc's competitiveness and um, maybe Kawhi and Pat Bev too. Yeah, I think the competitiveness is a really good point. And the one thing that really stood out for me yesterday was that Paul George mentioned that he really was fighting that shoulder for the majority of the season and that this break was actually great for him because we've been talking over the last few months on this podcast about is the weight good or bad for Kawhi and PG? And I was saying, well, for PG, it makes sense that it's good because you have those shoulders, you have the whole body in general. Because I remember he got hurt, I think it was the Knicks game that he got hurt. It may have been his hamstring, and he has just been battling injuries. And for Kawhi, it's more of a, hey, he was finally getting into the groove, but at the same time, it does help to have the knee managed. And there Mm -hmm. are these eight games, which is really going to be important for him to get back to speed. But more importantly for Paul George, it does seem like the Clippers are going to be getting a very different player than the one that they had pre-lockdown. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, I mean, imagine Paul George at full strength like he was for part of the season with OKC, mm-hmm. um, you know, the last season forever ago. Um, yeah, I mean, he's such a good player. And if he's healthy, well, you know, <laughs> quite the side, you know, the, the co- cohort to, uh, to Kawhi. Um, but yeah, no, he, he kind of volunteered that yesterday. He was excited to talk about it. It wasn't like someone, you know, we kind of, you know, how, you know, how's the weight been to you? He's like, Oh, let me tell you, you know, my shoulders are so good. <laughs> so, uh, you can tell how excited he is to feel so good. And I think that probably only bodes well for his play. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see like, you know, if we get MVP caliber, Paul George, it'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, you pair him obviously with Kawhi and at the level that PG was playing last year, let's not forget that he finished third in the MVP voting. So this is a guy that is a tremendous ball player, both on the offensive and defensive end. And to your point, he, by mentioning it without being asked, you don't see that very often where a guy admits, Hey, I was injured and I was playing Mm -hmm. through the injuries and now I'm okay. You don't see that very often I would say in the middle of the season, this is obviously a very different situation than what we would normally get during the middle of a season. But nonetheless, he could have very easily waited until the offseason to mention this. But it seemed like it was important for him to mention it now, which is very interesting to me. And I don't know why he did it, but he did. And I don't know. Why do you think he did it? Because it's definitely a strange situation to bring up an injury in what is still the middle of the season. <laughs> I, well, I think a, it doesn't feel like the middle of the season, yeah. you know, even though it's, it is of course, you know, the restart. Um, but it feels like such a new, like brand new ball game, you know, like even though it's not. Um, so I think there's that. And so there's a lot of just natural talk about, you know, where you were then and where you are now. Um, but I honestly think he's just excited to feel good. It, mm-hmm. You could tell listening to him, listening to him talk. Um, and he's, you know, he wants to, you know, he, he was excited about it, and he, I think, you know, in, going along with what we just talked about, is it, that only adds pressure <laughs> to their situation here, because now you're like, yeah, and we have, a, you know, Paul George is like, and we have a healthy me, so let's do this. Um, so, I mean, it just kind of goes to how serious they are about winning, and, uh, and well, I don't know, well, that's, that's what I think. 
Yeah, no, I think so. I think that makes sense. And they did mention yesterday that they're going to be bringing, I believe, 15 players. I'm not sure if that's 15 including Amir Coffee or 15 plus Amir Coffee. Uh, but I think you're allowed what, 17. Is that what the number is? Yeah, you're allowed 17 and they're, they're going to bring 15. Yeah, and they're bringing 15. So that definitely means that Doc is pretty confident in the guys he has. Are you reading anything into that at all, that they're bringing 15 when they could have 17? I just think they're not going to go crazy with the rotations and Doc's going to hone it in. But, you know, it's, it's basically the playoffs now. So yeah. um, that makes sense. And everybody should be rested, right? So <laughs> ready to go. So they shouldn't, shouldn't be too tired. Um, yeah, I, I just think here we are in the playoffs and the rotations are going to be what they're going to be. Also, I think they wanted to have, you know, as much of their support staff slash coaching staff aboard. That's, you know, if you're not going to use a couple guys, benefit maybe from having some of the support team, mm-hmm. um, especially with guys like PG and Kawhi who, you know, need training and help and, you know, whatever the physical part of it. Um, so, um, I don't know. It's like a calculation every team had to make and, it's interesting to see what they're all doing, of course, but um, it's how the Clippers went, and hopefully everybody stays healthy and in all ways, and uh, yeah. they're good with their 15, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Speaking of health, uh, Landry Shamit, what, what do we have in the latest update there? Um, that he's eating donuts. That's, that's the last <laughs> I've heard um, or seen. Yeah, the, the Clippers, you know, with, with all due reason they've been pretty quiet about that situation um and different teams are handling it differently uh but landry of course posted a, a picture on his instagram a few days ago of the randy's donut box that came from uh, his girlfriend apparently um and so you know hoping that i'll eat all the donuts by himself but um you know he's he's fit he'll he'll work it off if he did um but uh, I'm sure he'll, you know, Doc made it sound like he wasn't too worried about anybody who isn't there and that they're all sort of like on their way to coming here or going to Orlando. Um, so I'm sure that it, it seems like he's okay. Let's talk about minutes. I mentioned uh, with Sabrina, we were talking about how much playing time everyone's going to get. Curious to get your take as well. I, I My thought is that we're not going to see anybody really get more than 30 minutes, um, at least mm-hmm. during these first probably five or six games and maybe the final two is when you start to see guys ramp up a little bit but at the same time you don't want to ramp them up too quickly in such a short amount of time what's your read on the minutes and how much we're going to see guys like Paul George Kawhi and then even further down like Trez and Lou who are used to playing 30 35 plus minutes yeah I think I mean (laughs) that's going to be so tricky for for every team sort of you know ramp up in a hurry but don't go, you know, but take it slow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think there, no one's going to jump into this playing 30-plus minutes, um, and I would hope not, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, and, and I think the Clippers are plenty deep, even with their only, you know, with only 15 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson added a lot at guard before, he, you know, before the season shut down, and and gave, they got uh, Marks Morris now, and, you know, they've added some depth. So um, I think they could definitely spread the minutes out. And, and Doc, even even with the injuries this year, Doc has done a really good job of doing that. Like, nobody was averaging a crazy amount of minutes, um, even though, you know, like Lou for a while was averaging the most, which, you know, it was interesting, right, for the oldest guy off the bench to be averaging the most. But that was sort of a uh, because of the injury situation. Um, 
but um, yeah, I, I don't think that he's. I don't. I don't expect you're going to see Trez and Lou playing 35 minutes or PG and Kawhi. I think they're going to get spread out early, um, and then you know when playoff time comes, everyone will hopefully will have a, you know full tank and be super healthy, and we'll get a good show. You know what the most interesting part about this is, Miriam, is that everyone forgets that in the preseason, Kawhi and PG didn't get a chance to actually practice together, and then during the season. There was all this talk about how there hasn't been much practice time because of all the games that are condensed into a short time. And then you had injuries. So Doc didn't want to practice because he didn't want to hurt some of these guys um, that were actually healthy. So this is, I think, the longest stretch that Kawhi and PG have had to practice together. They're going to have a solid two to three weeks and then they're going to have three exhibition games, plus they're going to have the eight games before the playoffs start. That's something that's really fascinating to me, is that we haven't seen them practice much. That could make a really big difference on the floor, and I'll be curious to see if it does. You know, I've had that, that thought as well. Yeah, I mean, famously, the season started with Paul George wasn't available until, I think, the 11th game, and um, practiced with Kawhi like once before that. Um, and then just super sporadically throughout the year, I would love to, I would love to know exactly how, I don't, I don't know the answer, but I, I wonder how many times they actually practice together. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it seems like one guy would be, you know, banged up when the other guy was okay and, or they just wouldn't have a chance. They'd be on the road or whatever. Um, and yeah, that's only going to help their chemistry. And, you know, I mean, it's, y- there are signs of how well they can play together and obviously they're very motivated to do that. Um, so getting them some practice time together should should make them all the more powerful. Um, so, I mean, just a matter of keeping everyone healthy. You talk So we talk about Kawhi and PG and how they're getting a chance to play together. And then you look at the other side of the spectrum, and that's Reggie Jackson, who joined the team late. He did a really nice job of acclimating quickly and helped Lou go off the ball, and Lou became more of a scorer, which was huge in, in the bench for the Clippers. But I want to focus on something different with Reggie Jackson. He came so late into the game that he didn't have a place to stay in L.A. He mentioned yesterday, I believe with you guys, that he was in a hotel room when quarantine started. And he was busy, I think, bouncing a basketball in his hotel room to stay uh, fit. And then also going going to shoot at one of Paul George's houses. Uh, what a odd story. Yeah, I I love talking to Reggie Jackson because he always kind of gives us like gives us what's really going on and uh, and he always says something interesting to say and um, is good that way. Uh, yeah, so I, I think last year too when when the trades went down, um, like Landry Shamit for you know the Landry has talked about it mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know maybe Garrett Temple as well uh, that. Um, you go and you live in a hotel, you know, for the time being until, unless you want to find a place or unless you, you know, I think Landry ended up Airbnb being a uh, house or something more, something more than a hotel mm-hmm. um, because it's just, you know, it happens in the season and you don't have time to look for places and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously with coronavirus, you know, I guess probably wasn't super easy to go out apartment hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, right then, uh, he talked about he he could have gone back to Detroit and been around his family and had his had his whole setup, but he wanted to stay close to LA, and stay connected to these guys and um, be ready whenever he was called. Um, but yeah, so he's had to. I mean, he's had to deal with a lot. It's almost like he's been in 
this quarantine, like <laughs> there's, uh, you know, isolation quarantine um, by himself for months. So, and now he goes to the bubble where they're, you know, as a team anyway, in, in quarantine. So um, kind of a crazy experience for the guy. Um, but yeah, he was making it work, you know, he's working, I guess they, the the, the floors below his were unoccupied and he knew that. And so he did his workouts in his hotel. <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions was, do we know if anybody was below him while he was bouncing the basketball? He's, he, according to him, he was, he was informed that the floors, so it sounds like plural mm-hmm. and we know that, you know, the hotel industry has been going through, right. uh, below him were, were unoccupied. So he, he went for it. He just treated the, so I can just, I just imagine him like going up and down the hallways and all over the room and you know, whatever of a fancy swanky hotel somewhere in LA. Yes. Yeah, skip, um, skip to my loo yeah. down the hallway. He's just, just enjoying yeah. himself, prancing around. Imagine if, a a hotel staffer was housekeeping decides to come up and they see him just running back and forth down the hallway with a basketball that the one thing yeah. that's going to be fascinating and it's going to come out one of these days it's going to come out is what was happening during this lockdown for all these players what were they doing i want to hear about this supposed lakers get together at this rich person's house in what was apparently a staple right. center size court i want to hear right. about that i want to hear what every player was doing because they're full of it when they say that they don't have a hoop and they're not able to do anything. Because you listen to J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he was saying how he was going to three different gyms depending mm-hmm. on what the day was so he could get his shot up. So they were not really listening to this whole gyms being closed thing. I, I want to yeah. know every story from every player. It's got to be told. Someday. Someday. Yeah. Well, let's get through this, and then we'll go dig those up. But yeah. – um. Well, I will say this, though. J.J. Redick is the type of player who would do that. And there are maybe some players who aren't quite as motivated and committed as J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. As J.J. Redick has, has mentioned before, where he, you know, he has summer off-season workouts and, um, you know, and he's supposed to meet guys. And they're like, all right, be here at nine. And then they never show up. So, you know, I totally am not surprised that he found a way to work on his game and, and – um, and I'm assuming a lot of other guys also did, but also I think a lot of guys probably appreciated some time off, to be honest. So I don't know. We'll we'll I, I we'll, we'll, we'll un- un- uncover that in due time, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see which players come back 10 to 15 pounds heavier. We'll see exactly. which players. Apparently, JJ is the lightest he's been since his Duke playing days. Yeah. And I saw Ingram supposedly added some muscle. So these uh, I'll be curious to see what these guys look like. Once they uh, actually hit the playing floor, which will be soon. I mean, today is the 11th and scrimmages, I believe, for the Clippers begin the 20th um, or yeah. right, right around yeah. then. So uh, it w- I have that somewhere. It's gonna- Let's see. Yeah. The, uh... I'm not yeah, sure. 22nd. 22nd looks like. Okay, there you go. So it's baseball that begins the uh, the 20th is, the, I think, this first scrimmage for the Angels is what it is. Um, how do you think this bubble is going to work? I'm curious to get your take on if you think it will work. Because it's complex, but the one thing we've seen is that from all the major sports, it seems like the NBA is the one that really is taking this incredibly seriously and has guidelines that are way longer than what we're seeing, for example, with MLB, where teams can't even get a test uh, result back in time. So do you Mm -hmm. think this NBA bubble works? I hope so. (laughs) I hope so, for everybody's sake. Um yeah, I really hope so. It's but this but the coronavirus is is so crazy that there's been you know there's been lots of stories of 
organizations or, you know, businesses or camps or what have you, you know, taking similar precautions to what the NBA is doing and there being a spread anyway. So it's obviously a concern, you know, and, and Adam Silver has addressed it and said, you know, basically this is, you know, <laughs> this is the best we can do and we hope it works out, you know, and, and we believe it will, but, you know, the coronavirus is what it is. Um, but I hope so. I really hope so. I want, you know, I obviously want to watch basketball and I want to cover basketball. Um, but also for, every, you know, we want everyone to be safe and, you know, we want there to be a, you know, a, a story to tell that there's, this is a, whoever wins this title is going to be weird and fun and interesting. And I don't know. Um, and all these guys and so many people put so much work into making this bubble work and, you know, hopefully, hopefully it does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've got, <laughs> it will require participation and cooperation from everybody, of course. And I wonder how old that's going to get. Um, they can't go within six feet of people. You have to keep that mask on. You have to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we'll see, you know, hopefully the testing continues to be, you know, reliable with, you know, there's been shortages in different places and obviously Florida's, you know, there's been a huge surge lately. So God, there's a lot of questions, but, um, yeah, it, it can work and I hope it does. Yeah. You don't need to look very far to see, uh, how one sport is having a big, big, big hard time with that. I mean, it is the MLS already has had two teams that have had to, uh, drop out of their MLS's back cup. I mean, that's, Two yeah. teams with a lot of tests, and a lot of those cases came when they were already in Orlando. So it doesn't take much for this bubble to burst. And all it takes, like you said, is it's one person not following the guidelines. And it's you look at MLB, and for example, I saw yesterday, I think that the Toronto Blue Jays, they're going to be fining, I think, $750,000, either the city or the team, for anybody that doesn't adhere to the rules. Wow. Because – it's, I mean, if you think about it, right now, Canada, I think, is in a lockdown mode still, or they have certain rules that everyone is following as opposed to the U.S. when everyone's doing their own thing. And these teams are traveling back and forth to Canada. And I mean, mm-hmm. Toronto's obviously coming down in the United States to play games, and teams are going to Toronto to play games. So that's one way to spread it back and forth is something like that. So it doesn't take a whole lot. And that's why these guys are going to need to stay in their hotel rooms. And, I mean, you look at Pat Beverly. He's got stacks upon stacks upon stacks of white T-shirts. You've got Lou Lou Williams with his setup to uh, basically be America's best uh, DJ. These guys are all doing different things. Whose Instagram, whose social media has been the best to follow for you so far? (laughs) Huh, there's been some good ones, but – um. I know everyone got a kick out of J.R. Smith the other day. Oh, yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, so but he keeps it real. Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, Pat, I, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I thought Pat Bev was good. I thought I just let it was, uh, it was pure Pat Bev, but it, it was also a good perspective and like the bubble is what you make it. And uh, I thought that was a great message, not just for people living in the bubble, but just in general, you know, it's like uh, we're all kind of going through this thing you know and uh it is what you make it and try to make the best of it yeah you got guys that are complaining about the hotel rooms complaining about the food and then the next day it's like oh the food is better and 
hotel rooms really aren't that bad. And let's. You tell me what, uh, what Instagrams and or socials have you been following? That, uh, well, I love, I love the Pat Bev. Yeah. I love the Pat Bev. That was great. And like you said, Jr. I think one of my favorite moments from yesterday was Bobby and Toby. I mean, the, oh, those, yeah. those two guys that. getting reunited. Um, I loved how Bobby's like, what, you got one more day of quarantine left? One more day? He's like, all right. He's like, I'll be here tomorrow. So th- <laughs> those two guys getting reunited, I think, is uh, going to be one of my favorite things. Um, did, go ahead. Did you ever respond to the sort of the complaining about the food? What did you think about that? I think the complaining of the food was a little dumb. I mean, I get what these guys are used to, and it was really one day, it seemed like. It was funny, though, that it was being served like airplane food. I mean, you had everything packaged. And the one thing is, like, somebody had to touch the salad, most likely, to put it into the container. Or someone had to do something. It's just like, I don't know what you could have done. But you look at the Players' Lounge, and they got pretty much all the snacks you could ever imagine. So, I don't know. It seemed like it was really one night, and everybody was uh, all up in arms for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you something that not many people think of, uh, and that is what it's like for a beat writer to cover a team while they're not on site. What is that going to be like for you? Because you're used to being in the arena. You're used to being able to talk to Doc before. You're used to being able to talk to Doc after, talk to the players after, be at the game to see what's going on. What's that going to be like for you? Well, we, from what I understand, we will still be able to talk to Doc, I think, before, and players and Doc after. Um, it will be limited um, to, you know, a Zoom chat. So that is obviously very different than being in a room with someone. Um, but, you know, Doc has his pregame presser and his postgame presser normally in person. Um, and, you know, we're all there for that. I uh, guess the difference is that you, before games, you, I always go into the locker room and kind of hang out and try to chat with guys and just kind of get a sense of what's going on and feel for how they're feeling. And maybe I work on some other stories that are a little different um, every day. I, every game, I do it, you know, in, in addition to a game story, I do a notebook and I always try to find stuff that, you know, either is pertinent or fun or interesting just by that locker room time. So I will miss that. Um, I'll miss my, you know, chats with, Zubots and Rodney Magruder and all those guys. Um, uh, but they are making players and coaches available pre and post game virtually. Um, for me, it's sort of interesting because I don't normally travel. I cover, I would for the playoffs if it wasn't the situation. Um, but um, I don't travel to regular season away games. Um, so uh, I kind of have less access than I'm going to have now when they're not here normally. Um, so in a way it's a little better for me because I'm going to get virtual, you know, ac- accessibility um, that I normally wouldn't when they were on the road. Um, so that's just a weird quirk of my particular job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's, you know, a zoom chat is definitely not preferable to it in live chat yeah. with yeah. someone, obviously. Um, just you know, you you're not actually there, so um, yeah, it's it's not ideal, but it's not ideal for anyone. And we appreciate the NBA and the Clippers and the guys and the coaches, um, you know, dealing with it just like we're dealing with it. And and hopefully we can get you know we we can make it work and tell you guys all some good stories. 
Yeah, it's very different being able to talk to Doc and be close to him and be able to ask a follow-up question and not have mm-hmm. to fight with uh, different reporters that have different internet speeds. Like it's, I feel like that's yeah. very difficult to try and get a flow to a conversation and get that follow-up um, that, than it would be. I mean, then what you're going to see with the Zoom, I feel like it's going to be way more difficult to do Zoom versus actually in person. Yeah, the follow-up situation is not its not super conducive to follow-ups. Um, I mean, sort of in the way the NBA sort of tries to do its press conferences, they give you a mic and you ask your question, and, mm-hmm. and then they take the mic away from you, and somebody else is supposed to ask a question. So it's, it's, there's always that press conference feel, but it's quite possible to just ask the question. <laughs> so usually you do that, even if you don't have the mic. I kind of do that too much, probably. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you can't do that here. I mean, you you're you, it, the way it's been working out is you get one question mm-hmm. per session, you know. And, and in a scrum, normally, um, you know, sometimes you don't get any questions in because there's you know, you get you know shouted down, which sometimes happens. Um, but sometimes you can get a bunch of questions in, you know, and if, especially if you've got like a stream of questions going, then you, you know, you're kind of having a dialogue with someone. Yeah. So this feels very much not like a dialogue and more like a real severe Q&A. Um, but so far, like yesterday, PG and uh, Reggie were great with it. Um, they both kind of, you know, they're both pretty um, capable of, you know, sh- sh- putting their thoughts together and, and yeah. giving us some good answers. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm I can't wait to see how Kawhi handles it. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, Kawhi uh, via Zoom, and then imagine when the playoffs start. I mean, because the the media just increases. You're gonna yeah. have, you're gonna have all the national media joining you on these Zoom calls once the playoffs yes. start, and that's gonna make it even more difficult. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's it's tough to do, and uh, it's gonna be weird for you to be watching the games on TV. And basically writing a story based on what you're seeing on TV and then what you're getting yeah. pre and post. It's going to be difficult. And it's, it's a tough job, but uh, somebody's got to do it. She's Miriam Swanson. You can follow her on Twitter, at Miriam Swanson. It's M-I-R-J-A-M-S-W-A-N-S-O-N. Writer for the OC Register. Miriam, thank you for joining us on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Hi, I'm Brandon. Well, thank you for having me and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Three, two, one. What is going on, Hoopball Nation? This is the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you with us. We are recording on a Saturday. It's been a wild couple of weeks, so apologies for not getting you a pod last week, but we are ramping things back up because the Clippers have touched down in Orlando, Florida. We are getting... Ever so close to the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers to kick things back off on the NBA 2019-2020 season. Today's guest is going to be Miriam Swanson of the Orange County Register. A good chat with her about covering a team when she's not there. It's going to be very difficult because these reporters are talking to the players and coaches via Zoom. So that'll be interesting. So an interesting conversation about that. Talk about the bubble, obviously. And then, of course, this is the first time yesterday when the media got a chance to talk to the players. So Paul George and I believe also Reggie Jackson spoke to the uh, media yesterday. So we'll hear from Miriam about what those two guys said and her biggest takeaways. But 
Before we get to that conversation, I got to tell you about a company called Manscaped. Support for Hoopball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. You might say, ew, but let's be real here, folks. Below the belt, sometimes you got to get it done, whether it's the, the snip with the uh, scissors and, you know, you might have an accidental uh, boo-boo. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about. Well, let's talk about what Manscaped will do. They have redesigned the electric trimmer. Their engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created, just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It's a third-generation trimmer, and what it will do, it'll have a cutting-edge ceramic blade that will reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. They want to make sure that your skin stays in perfect condition. They don't want to see you have that accident. No, they do not. They want to make sure that everything's okay down there and also around your neck as well. All right. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave and guess what? Water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. So you don't need to worry about doing it in the bathroom somewhere that's not in the shower, getting all over the place. Nope. You can do it in the shower. It is incredible let's not forget about the charging stand as well show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb i want you to experience this firsthand for yourself get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com that is the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com all right, enough of me. Let's get into the conversation with Miriam Swanson. Three, two, one. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miriam. More to come as we get closer and closer to tip. Lakers and Clippers coming up in just a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please go to iTunes, rate and review. It does help if you give that five-star rating and leave a review as well. If you send it to me, I will give you a shout-out on the next podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. And, of course, at Hoopball Clips is where you can find our Hoopball Clippers content. And, of course, always hoop-ball.com to support Hoopball. A big thank you to Miriam Swanson. I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long. And go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.